Let me tell you a story about a vibrator, the Jeju Mimi. I've loved the Mimi for a really long time. It was one of the first toys I fell in love with. You could call it my first love. So if you've been listening to the show for a while, chances are you've heard me mention the Jeju Mimi. But now I have something new to tell you about, the Mimi Soft. Now, when I heard about the Mimi Soft, I thought, I love the original Mimi. What are they doing? But I tried it and my mind was blown. They kept what I love about the original Mimi, the iconic Jeju Rumble, deep vibrations that allow you to really feel the vibrator more in your muscles and your nerve endings, and also allows you to access pleasure points. But it's also discreet. It's one of these quiet vibrators. You can't even really hear it. Plus, it's got a great shape that can access all sorts of erogenous zones, and it fits perfectly in the palm of your hand, which is why I love using it with a partner. But now with the Mimi Soft, you get an extra layer of silky smooth silicone, making it even softer than before, which I didn't think was possible, plus a squishy soft tip to use for more comfortable pinpoint precision. It's perfect if you're looking for a more sensual sensory experience or if you've heightened clitoral sensitivity. To experience the magic of the Jeju Mimi Soft, go to Sex with emily.com slash mimi soft and use code emily for 10% off at checkout that's sex with emily.com slash m-i-m-i-s-o-f-t with code emily remember you might not be getting the sex that you're craving and it might just be a simple conversation the more we talk about sex the more likely we're going to get our needs met into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. You're listening to Sex with Emily. I'm Dr. Emily, and I'm here to help you prioritize your pleasure and liberate the conversation around sex. On today's show, I'm answering all your recent calls from the Sex with Emily hotline. Topics include, how do you let your partner know that you need some reciprocation on the oral sex? What you should do if you can't get over the sex you had with your toxic ex and you know it was toxic. How to explore your bisexuality without any drama and the best ways to avoid negative thought patterns while dating and how to explore mutual masturbation with a partner. I'm loving doing the hotline calls again. So all you gotta do to set up your call is anytime leave me a voicemail, 559-TALK-SEX or 559-825-5739. Leave your question and we'll get in touch. All right, intentions with Emily. For each episode, join me in setting an intention. What do you wanna get out of this episode? How could it help you? My intention for these episodes is to really get to talk to you one-on-one, And I really think these are some meaningful, meaningful conversations where we can really get somewhere um, with whatever is challenging you right now. I hope you feel that and I hope you participate. Okay, we have a new article out, 10 Tips to Revive a Stale Sex Life. And everyone's loving that, so check that out. All right, everybody, enjoy this episode. My first caller is Victoria, 24 in Los Angeles. Hi, Victoria. Hi. Tell me how I can help you today. I've been dating my partner for roughly like four months. And a few weeks ago, I was kind of like, hey, God, man, like, I would really kind of enjoy it if you, if, 
we like had the conversation of like you going down on me and he was just not very receptive to it at all. He was like, I don't, I, I don't usually do that. Um, I just like, I'm bad at it. And so like, why would we do something that I'm bad at? And I'm like, well, okay. And then I kind of left it at that. But like, now it's been a few weeks and I'm kind of like, the longer time passes, the more peeved I am. And I'm kind of like, well, you do other stuff that you're like bad at too. Why is this an issue? So I was just wondering if you had any like tips yeah. or anything on how, like, how to bring that back up, how to like maybe Absolutely. Like, feel like he's, like he's not bad at it or something. I don't know. Well, good for you, Victoria, for speaking up and asking for what you want. And you're 24 years old, right? Yes. And how old is he? 23. 23. Okay. Yeah. So the truth is, this is very common that it is someone, people in their 20s might not have a lot of, he might be bad at it because he's never done it. And so that's why, you know, it doesn't feel that safe for him. He's like, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know how to do it. So maybe you could say, I get that you think you're not good at it, but every woman's different. And you might, I'd love to, to have you try out. I can show you what I like. Would you be interested in that? I'm not expecting you to be perfect. We're all learning. Cause that's all it is. He doesn't yeah. want to feel like, oh God, I don't want to, what do I do with this bulb? Like, what do I do with this area? Like, right. I have no idea what to do because no woman probably asked for it. I find that a lot of women don't, aren't comfortable with it. They don't know how to ask for it. And then guys don't know. And then they grow up and they still don't know. So the more women that could be, you're going to be helping, you're going to be helping <laughs> so many women by doing this, Victoria. Like, it's going to be like, either you're going to set him up for success in the future. You're going to get pleasure. and he's going to realize that he can't just go through life saying, no, I'm just going to opt out of oral because yeah. the majority of women, that's how we're going to have orgasms. Right. Exactly. So is there any, like, is, is there anything I could maybe like introduce? Like, I don't, I, I've never used like flavored lubes or anything, but would that in theory help out? Yes, absolutely. I would get some of this. Oh, we're going to send you some, but this is the Joe Gelato. It's, we have hazelnut espresso, mint lube. You could say, look at this thing okay. I got. But I just want to remind you that flavored lube's great for oral sex because then we don't, you know, I think we all have worries about it, how we taste, how we smell. But just know that if we're clean and we take a shower and we don't have any STIs, like you're yeah. fine down there. So I don't want it to be like, I, I, don't, I don't want this to, I don't want us to worry that they're like, we need to have yeah. flavored lube. But sometimes it just sort of like, it literally does take, taste like mint chocolate. So it yeah. makes it sexy really, really fun. Um, so I think that it's just a fun thing and say, I got this lube. I think it's going to taste great. Like I literally eat it out of the bottle. That's how good it is. Oh God, yes. so, so that's one thing. And the other thing is I'm curious now, do you go down on him? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this to me is like so many women, like again, women before you, we've all gone down on men and not gotten anything returned. But I think saying to him, and it has to be in a loving way, like in, in an accepting way, because again, we are not comfortable. I won't even say again, because the majority of us aren't comfortable with people talking to us about sex because we don't have practice. We don't have people asking, we don't have people asking our opinions. And then we think when they bring up sex that we are criticizing them. So the yeah. more you can be like, Listen, I, I love our relationship and the sex we're having is great. I know I brought up oral that one time and I know you think you're not great at it, but what if I showed you what I like? Hey, and I've got some lube, you know, and you just yeah. make it fun and playful. Yeah. And then if sense. you feel like, no, if he's like, no, no, then you're like, no, I'm not going down on you. I, yeah. That's what I would. I don't, I didn't feel like he was doing it because he didn't want to or like thought anything of, like great. About it. I just like, he was, he's got defensive because I guess whatever egos or ego, but you can help him right yeah. now and just be like, I got it. I got it. You don't know how out, but let me show you. Let me yeah. walk you through it. 
And I'm still a, learning my body as well. Let's do it together. Yeah, Fun. It's a relatively new relationship. So I don't want it to just tank because of this. Like, you know, like, right. It doesn't have to. It is. No, it is, Victoria. It's minor because you're right. You're absolutely right. He didn't say to you, I don't like it because I've had that experience too with guys. You're like, it's just not my thing. And then I'm like, okay, well, you're not my thing. But if he just says I'm not good at it, I literally did that. (laughs) You you can now um, just show him, well, let, let me teach you. Yeah. Let's become better. And by the way, is there any way you want me to do your blowjobs differently? Like, just open it up. Yeah. It'll be fun. You're going to learn a lot and have more pleasure. Yeah. That's me. All right. Oh, that is good. Yes. Sweet. Good. Okay. Well, let me know how it goes. I will. Thank you for calling. I appreciate you. This was fun. Thank you so much, Emily. Okay. And we're sending you Lou. We're going to get your address. We're going to reach out. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. Bye, Victoria. I really love this question from Victoria because remember, you might not be getting the sex that you're craving and it might just be a simple conversation. The other thing, and no, okay, let me back up. I like this conversation and like we know, communication is a lubrication. The more we talk about sex, the more likely we're going to get our needs met. That's number one. But the second thing I got from this was, I love that her partner was brave enough to say, I'm not good at it. But I also think there's a, this might be a lookout for you. If you have a partner who's not doing something or not performing oral or not engaging in any activity that you might have asked for, whether it's initiating sex or spanking you or being more rough in the bedroom, it's because they might not know how. But they might not articulate that. They might not say, I don't know how because that feels shameful, right? So much of this is shame. We don't want to feel bad. We don't want to feel inferior. We don't want to be insecure. So by opening up and saying, well, let me show you. That's okay. I don't expect you to know, but why don't we learn together? Then it just becomes both of you working on your sex life together. Not just one person trying to figure out, but you're both in it and you're both invested. And I think it's a beautiful way to let your sex life evolve and grow. Let's talk to Kevin, 37, in Ontario, Canada. Hi, Kevin. Hi. I'm assuming that you read the email. I did. I have it right here. But if you want to tell me in your own words what's going on, that'd be helpful. Yeah, sure. So both relationships kind of, they started off the same, they've ended the same, but they were two unique relationships. So the first woman, I had known her for many years through like mutual friends. And then I moved to the same city that she lives in, in Ottawa. And uh, so I was like, let's go grab a drink. And then like a month later, we had the drink and then slept together for consistently for the next six months. Okay. So she was telling me because she just got out of this like 10 year engagement, but she doesn't want a relationship. So I believe her. So then she volunteers information. She's like, I really like you. Like, there's not a thing about you that I don't like. So I'm like, okay. Needless to say, like, so that ended right at like it was honestly like a week before lockdown started. She never really gave me any closure or any answer or anything like that. So then fast forward to last year, I met this girl through Tinder and it was the exact same thing. She wasn't engaged or anything, but she was coming out of a long-term relationship. It was going to be like a physical relationship only. Again, she volunteers to tell me that she has legitimate feelings for her. It's not like I'm putting them on the spot or anything like that. Like they open up to me. And when I try to sort of take things to the next level, she backs away. And now she just deleted me off Instagram. Like we don't even speak together anymore. Mm. And then this last girl, 
she came over and like I made her dinner and like we had lobster and like I showed her how to like crack it all open with your hands. It was a lot of fun and we slept together. She ended up sleeping over. And then I messaged her like later the next day and she didn't respond for like two days. And she's like, I'm sorry, I just didn't see a spark. And I'm just like, okay, so now I I feel like I'm like a placeholder until somebody better comes along for these women. Hmm. Okay. The common denominator is you, but I don't think it's the pr- a problem like you think. Maybe those women are all similar and there were signs there that you could have looked at to know before you go down that road. How about your demons, Kevin? Because we all have them. Have you done any work on yourself? Yeah. So once this with Erica all ended at the start of COVID, alone with my thoughts, never had closure. So then I started doing therapy for the first time. Great. And uh, like, it was incredible. That's great. And my therapist, like she certainly touched on a, on something. She said, like, it clearly goes back to my relationship with my parents and something that I do now. And I like, I seek approval and validation through my partner. Okay. Because I would always be asking, like, even like when we weren't physically together, like hanging out and we were off doing our own things and we were just sort of texting, I would still like to hear that validation that yes, you're still satisfying me and things yes, like that. Yes, of course. I want, I mean, a lot of us want that. We want the words. Yeah. Right. So like that's sort of, I don't know if it's a demon is the right word, but it's something that like I am trying to not focus as much on is like, I need validation through myself. Not through right. Me. We got to love ourselves. It comes from inside everyone else's validation, but we still can need it and give it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you have a good therapist who sets you on track. And so I guess what I w- would say to you is, do you know, are you looking for a serious relationship right now? Are you looking for long-term? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to get married? Do you know what you want? I do. Yeah. So I'm, I'll be 38 this year. Okay. I'm like one of the last of my group of friends to A, still be single and B, not have children. So like there's a bit of pressure on that. Both of these relationships, I know that they started out as just casual. That's the thing. They started casual. So that's what I'm going to say to you is that I would start to be more discerning about who you spend your time with and the women that you're picking. Because if they both started like, oh, I don't know if I want anything and let's be casual. Sometimes those work out. But if you think about life as being like time and, you know, you're going to be 38 and maybe dating women who are ready to have kids, you just want to clear that right away. Like I would spend time not even, I think you're at the point in your life where you can even talk to someone over Zoom or over FaceTime before you go out with them to say, this is what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I think that paradigm is shifting. And I think after the year we all had that, there's more of an intentional dating that people spend a lot of time thinking about what they really, really want. Yeah. And so dating people who aren't available, who don't want the same things, even though it might be fun and thrilling because you, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. We don't have a lot of time to fuck around, I think. Like, I just think at this point in our lives, we don't know what's going to happen. And then you'll be able to weed out people who just aren't available and don't want it. And I think there's a certain fear like, oh, if I say it, I'm going to scare her away. Or gut women think I'm going to scare him away. But I think fine. Like, they're doing you a favor, but you get really clear on what you want. And I think that that people are doing, you're going to find someone who meets you where you're at. And who's also relationship. So that I would say that it's more about the the women and that dynamic that started it than any default of character in you. Okay. So like the I just need to because I'm still human and I still enjoy sex. 
Like, I think I need to maybe put that on the back burner. Yeah. You mean the sleeping around and because it's available, you could sleep with anyone probably. But yeah, I think that you, listen, I've been in that same position before where I'm like, okay, well, I can go out and have sex any night of the week. And I have at points, I've been sleeping with a few people at once. But when I decided it put in my life that I wanted a relationship, even though I could be with this guy on Monday or this person on Thursday, I thought time is limited. And the time I'm going to spend opening up my body, my heart to somebody is time that I don't, I'm not spending looking for that person that's going to be long-term, right? right. Yeah. And so if you think about it like that, is time is like our greatest commodity that you just don't, yeah. So yes, you could go out and have sex. If you think you can do it in a way that's not going to get you maybe involved right. with things wrong, sure, every once in a while, but maybe no. You just say like, I'm on project. Kevin finds a woman right now. Like this is, this is what I'm on. Like it's a goal for work. It's like your project. You're going to go on the apps. You're going to tell everyone know that you're single. You're going to talk to them beforehand on FaceTime. That's like the norm now. And just kind of say like, so what are you looking for? I mean, not the thing you have to be like, hello, this is Kevin. And this is what I want. But just sooner than later, just find out if they're like, no, I don't want anything right now. I'm just casual. Then, or I just got a relationship, not your person. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you just move through them a lot quicker. Right. I think rather than thinking that it's going to hurt you, it'll help you. For sure. It, it was hard with Erica because like I had known her for so long and I'd been right. infatuated with her forever. And then like when it finally happened, it was better than I could ever imagined. Right. And it just, everything just got off on such a good start. And I'm just like, how is this like going so well? And even at the start, like I was per- like, I knew that she was still seeing other men and I was still seeing other women. And I didn't, right. like, it was never an issue until she, again, volunteered to tell me that she right. had legit feelings for me. And I know, but like, let's, okay, so Kevin, can I just, do you mind if I cut you off for a minute? Because no, no. I, I know that she said she has feelings for you and that's the part that you're caught on. You're like, but she started it. I was obsessed with her for years. We were together. It was great. How dare she, she got me to open up and then she left. And then I think you might be turning that against yourself saying, well, this therefore means that something's wrong with me and I'm faulty. We're never going to know why she left or what happened or who she found. But the sooner that you can kind of like learn from that story, she wasn't available. Who knows if she's with this guy or not with this guy. It doesn't really, or like how long that'll last or if she's even really ready. But I wanted to take the, the more you spend time on rehashing that one, which I think you do a lot, it's also going to hold you back from finding someone that, that you deserve, that deserves to be with a, a sensitive, handsome, smart, evolved man like you. Right. Thank you. So maybe she said it. Maybe she did. Yeah, she said that maybe, you know, she probably didn't have feelings until she was ready to move on to something else. I don't know how old she is. I don't know what she really wants, you know? So it doesn't matter though. And it's never about us. Like all the reasons that we think, oh, they left because I was late. They left because I was too short. They left because they didn't like the way I gave a blowjob. Whatever we think about, it's net. First off, it's never what we think. And we'll never really know what it is. And if you did find out, you'd be shocked. You'd be like, that was it? So it, I'm just telling you the time that you're spending on that, Erica, I want you to put all of your energy, like when we hang up, like, what do you want? What is the list? Tell your friends you're looking, look on the apps and just be more discerning. Because you seem like you, you know how to find someone. It's just finding the ones that are at least getting you off on the same foot. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Is that helpful? Yes, definitely. Like it's uh, so you and my therapist are like the only two people that really don't know us personally. So it's good to get a different perspective on it. 
Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Take this in, take some notes after, remember what I said, and try to leave the past in the past and be present with what's to come. Will do. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for calling in. Have a great night. Bye. 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 You guys, listen, maybe did any of you see yourself in Kevin? You know, do you ever find yourself rehashing the past and your ex and what happened and why they did it? And we're like detectives, right? Trying to figure out this puzzle that we're never, ever going to find out. You're never going to get the answer. So if you find yourself stuck in the past right now, analyzing, and when we analyze, we're often beating ourselves up thinking, what did I do wrong? I think that that could be a great reset for everybody right now who's still caught up on the ex and not moving forward. Take a list, write down what are you looking for? What's your direction in a relationship right now? And then all the ambiguity, whether it's in you're dating somebody and it's ambiguous or you have these thoughts about the past, try to kind of move those out of your consciousness and be present with what your future is going to hold. And it's just important to get really clear on what you want and be present with that If you find yourself kind of obsessively ruminating about the past, it's easier said than done, but just kind of try to redirect your thinking to what do I want now? I'll never know about the past. The past is past. You can make up a story. You know, I remember Helen Fisher was on our show and she said, I would just make up stories like this person got shipped off to another country for work. You can create your own endings to end a relationship from the past so you can really focus on the future because there is love and sex and your person waiting for you promise. All right, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. We love our sponsors, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, a couple called in, which by the way, you should totally call in, who have different fantasies that they're just starting to explore. If you've been listening to my show, you know how important it is to invest in your sexual pleasure. And a great place to start is with toys, but it can be overwhelming because there are so many pleasure products out there today. How do you know what to choose? Well, Good Vibrations sells sex-positive adult toys and accessories, and it's really the gold standard when it comes to quality. If Good Vibrations sells it, I know I can trust it. They have everything. Seriously, vibrators, lubes, games, bondage accessories, books, and every fantasy in between. All of their products are made of body-safe materials, non-toxic, so you don't have to worry about what you're putting on or in your body. Plus, all orders are discreetly delivered. They have stores across the country staffed with really knowledgeable people who care about your orgasm, like I do. And now, Good Vibrations has added an online virtual shopper who can help you shop and find the best sex toys, whatever you're looking for. You can check out my go-to toys and products on my website, sexwithemily.com, and shop Good Vibrations at sexwithemily.com slash shop. That's sexwithemily.com slash S-H-O-P. Have fun shopping. So here's a couple. They're married. Hi. Hello. How are you guys doing? Yeah, let's talk. Tell me what's going on. So I guess our our question is, so I listened to one of your other podcasts, and also I had kind of been wanting to do it before, um, but we had tried mutual masturbation, and she just kind of wasn't really into it. And I I would like us to be able to do it and have fun with it, because I know that it can be really fun, and maybe we could, you know, do edging and stuff, and, and then it'd be yeah so just you guys you thought it would be good to mutually masturbate together Mm -hmm. and and then you did it and it just wasn't 
it wasn't your jam? Yeah, I think it's just because I'd rather just have sex than, <laughs> than be next to each other. But I'm really I'm open to trying again. If you have different suggestions on how to make it a little bit more exciting rather than just each other on a bed. Absolutely. I mean, well, first off, do you uh, do you masturbate on your own? Do you enjoy masturbation? I do. I just I just haven't in a long time. So right, yeah. right, because we're so we're sometimes we're just so you're home, you're having sex, you're with your partner. Well, walk me through what happened the first time because I know you tried it. So what happened? It was just you guys got toys and you were lying down. Yeah, that was pretty and much it just how it went, <laughs> and then yeah. it didn't go very long, and then. She just said, let's just, let's just have sex. And how's your, do you have orgasms? Do you have a lot of pleasure? I do, yeah. You do. Okay. Do you, during penetration? Um, sometimes, yes. Mostly on like with my clit and with toys and then him doing stuff to me. So, okay. So I guess the, the reason why mutual masturbation can be hot is, well, first it's something different. You know that you're both going to get off and it can be sort of hot to watch your partner please themselves while they're watching you and you're sort of learning from each other. So you were just kind of bored. You just thought, eh, this isn't that interesting. So maybe you could switch up locations. You could try it in the, maybe in the shower. Maybe one of you is, is masturbating and you're just watching and then you switch turn. Like maybe you're masturbating and he's watching. Like what, what was your feeling when it was happening? You were just like, were you guys looking in each other's eyes? I was looking at her and she either had her eyes closed or was looking straight. Yeah. So I was laying next to her. Okay. And then we had a magic wand and uh, the satisfier or whatever. Like, and we had a bunch yeah, of yeah, things, yeah. you know, if she, if she had said, oh, this would feel good. Like, it's right there and we could have instituted. Okay. I just haven't been on my own because, he, you know, he's always here. So if I'm in the mood, I will just grab him instead of doing it on my own. Right. And then... I think it was, yeah, I was just kind of like, well, we're just here right next to each other. Nothing's really like happening. Happen. I And I definitely, I wasn't watching him. So maybe that would be something that I could try to do and we could take turns. But, but yeah, us just simultaneously masturbating. It just kind of felt like, well, why aren't we just, why aren't we just having sex? Right. Right. I guess, well, what was your intention around it? What did you think it would bring to the, what was your hope? I mean, I just thought it would be a really hot experience because I was hoping that we could do edging with it so that I'm watching her get really close and then stop and she's watching me get really close and then stop and then we're going back and forth and then we're doing a different toy and stuff like that. Right. So finally, you know, climax. Wow. It's been a 30, 40 minute climb and then now we're here, but it just. That's a practice. Is that interesting? Yeah. So we're talking about edging, which is the practice of delaying orgasm. So you get close to having an orgasm and then you bring yourself back down. Like if you think 10 is orgasm and one is like you're sleeping, you get to like an eight and then you bring it back down to a six or seven. Then you go back up to eight or maybe back down to five. So it's a practice. And then once you edge, edge each other, edge together, then when you actually do have an orgasm, it can be a lot more intense and it's a great buildup because, you know, when you anticipate something and you delay, it can be really hot. So is that something that you sounds interesting to you? Did you know that's what you guys were planning on doing? Yeah, he, he explained that that's what he wanted to try. I think um, it's probably more exciting for him than it is for me because penetration orgasms are rarer for me. So I think that, you know, that happens to me when we do have sex already. Okay. So maybe that's why it's... But you don't always have orgasms through penetration. Right. So how do you have an orgasm every time you're together if you do? Um, Usually with oral sex. (laughs) I do foreplay pretty much every time and and that is... She's definitely... That's the sure thing. Getting it there and then... Yeah. 
I don't know, maybe 20% of the time also through penetration. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing I also love about masturbation is maybe it is that if you, like I learned most about myself through masturbation, through like learning, I discovered things like I thought I could only orgasm one way and then I could have internal orgasms. I could have multiple orgasms. So if you think of it like a practice that like, yeah, maybe the first time it was just awkward. Like think about it. Anytime you try something new, a new sport, you go skiing for the first time, you go hiking, you cook, it's all new. And I think our intentions as humans, like this isn't comfortable. This isn't known. I don't know this. It's hard. But if you think, well, maybe your intention is connection, maybe learning something about yourself, even like maybe you could just kind of breathe because then maybe you were, you said you were staring up or not looking at him because it was like a new weird thing. Probably you're like, this is my husband, but why are we doing this? So maybe now you could go into it like, okay, I'm going to suspend all my beliefs about what it could be, should be. I'm just going to try to sit with this moment and breathe and try it again, maybe, and just see if you could get yourself going and using some new toys and just really breathing and seeing what else might feel good to you. Now, when you're masturbating, he could also like use his hands on your breasts or you could still, you could be making out. Like there's no real rules to it. It's just that you could, and you could like, start masturbating, then you're making out, or maybe he gives you a massage for 10 minutes and then you give her a massage and then you masturbate. And then maybe you do have intercourse for a second and go back to the masturbation or, you know, it does, it doesn't have to be so linear. Does that sound interesting to you? Maybe just like learning how to have more predictable or regular orgasms. Sure. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that sounds good. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's any downside to actually doing it. And then if you are comfortable with it and, you know, do it long enough, it's very enjoyable. So, yeah. Is there anything that you've been kind of wanting sexually or wanting to try or any sex bucket lists goals? Yeah, maybe more orgasms with penetration. Yeah. Well, I think a great way to learn that is through masturbation and maybe getting it like, because what I found is that it helps to have a clitoral orgasm first and to be really aroused. And that's when the penetrative orgasms happen more up for more vulva owners. It's when we're already turned on. And the reason why it doesn't work, well, there's a lot of reasons why it won't work for many, but it's about the warm up and the buildup. So maybe you guys try mutual masturbation, but maybe it's a, it's a masturbation set like where she has her first orgasm. If you're really aroused and you already have an orgasm, you might be able to have one during penetration. Like, have you found that the times that you have orgasmed during penetration, you were already turned on or he went down on you for a while? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it happens. So maybe playing with some of those formulas. Okay. Cool. Okay. Thanks for calling in. Thank Thank you. you. That's helpful. I love that you're doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Keep me posted. All right. Have a (laughs) a great day. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. So here's a couple, they're married, they're trying to keep it interesting and then spice it up. And the first time they tried it, she wasn't as into it. So what this tells me is that there's so many things that our partner might suggest sexually and we immediately do a no because it's outside of our comfort zone because most people haven't made requests from us sexually to to try new things in the bedroom. Most people just don't talk about it or they keep doing the same thing. So I love that this was a great example of how couples can communicate about their sex lives and actually do the play-by-play about how something went down and how they might improve it. I got her goals. He wants to, I got his goals. And now they're going to go back to the bedroom, back to the drawing board that is the bedroom and figure out a ways to, to have pleasure for both of them. But I hope that that's inspiring to some of you couples who are thinking, oh, we, I mean, we could just sit and talk about it. You could also sit and call into our hotline. My next caller is Denise. She's 51 in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Denise. 
Hello, Emily. How can I help you? Well, I was in a relationship with this guy several years ago, and it ended in 2018. It was a pretty toxic relationship, and I just can't seem to move on. I mean, I'm not necessarily wanting to be emotionally tied to him anymore, but it seems like I can't separate myself from him um, sexually, and it seems like I can't really go on to another relationship until I do that, and I just don't know why I am fixated on this relationship that was so toxic for mm. me. So tell me what happened, if you can, a little bit. You were together for a while? or Yeah, we were together about a year and a half, and um, he's kind of crazy, has a lot of emotional issues, very um, emotionally abusive. Uh, mm. And still, like, even just a few minutes ago, he re he reaches out, I block him, and he just worms his way around it. And still, in 2021, he's still trying to convince me that he's the guy for me. And he's not. I know that. And But yet, um, I can't seem to move past it. Uh, let me think. Oh, he, he just a classic abusive guy would threaten me, not physically as much as you know, he would get me to divulge things about my past and confidence and then throw them back in my uh, face and um, send me pictures of other women and tell me that he was seeing other people and just uh, the whole gamut. It was really wrong. Wow. Um, that's so toxic. Gaslighting and manipulative and maybe a narcissist. All of the above. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really awful. I mean, you know that it's toxic. Yeah. And so, and how did it, so it finally ended in 2018 and he just keeps mm -hmm. finding his way in, huh? Have you seen him since 2018? Um, I have seen him a couple times. You know, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and see him. And then it's just immediately back to his old tricks. And mm. so I know that it will never change. Yes. So it sounds like you know all of the right things. So let's I tell me. I do. I know it. <laughs> I know you know it. So that's why you're calling in. You're calling in because you're like, how can, how can you break me free from the toxic cycle of my ex? Which is common. You yes. know what we talk about. Because you know what? They also kind of mess with your head. They mess with our intuition. And we think, can I really make good decisions about myself? Do I really know? Maybe he was great. Maybe because, because he, he was very destabilizing. Right? right? He was made right. you not trust yourself. So there's still some, some aftershocks from that. So that might be part of it. And for that, I'd recommend, have you had your own work around it? Have you gone to therapy at all and talked to anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Great. I went to a lot of therapy about it um, and was actually had distanced myself from him for a long time, for over a year. And, you know, I don't know, I felt sorry for him and let him back in and and, you know, promises me that he's changed. And of course he hasn't. No. He's not changed. And it takes years so. to change if someone's really going to change. And also you get used to the drama. The drama we think is passion. But then once you start to relearn, you're like, no, no, no. Drama is not something that's going to be attractive to me. And it can be hard to let go of the idea of them because you build them up. And we tend to, I always say it's like this euphoric recall that we only remember the good, even though he was toxic, you still remember, but maybe it was really good for this moment. And we have this, like, again, it's you, we recall, we put him on a pedestal. But I think separating like what you believe they are from the person they are. And have you ever written a list of all the things that he did? Have you ever looked at it? Oh my gosh, that would be an enormous list. Um, I haven't actually done that. No. Okay. I just think it's really helpful sometimes because when you do that and you write it down 
And I had a friend do this once. I was like, write down everything because she kept going back to me. It was really toxic. And she just put it in the notes in her phone. And then I was like, and then what times do you read it? I'm like, what do you miss? Do you miss that he missed your birthday two years in a row and didn't get your present? That he cheated on you? Like, which part do you miss? She's like, oh, you're right. Like sometimes <laughs> when you just see it all in right. one place, you're like, do I really miss that? And so, so I think it's just a matter of journal. I mean, I'm telling you, we did a great episode too about breakups a few months ago. Um, but it was about like, it was like breakup recovery because it's really about journaling and getting specific about what you actually want right now. Like, do you know what you're looking for? And are you out there? Like, is the problem that you're trying to date, but when you do, you just can't really find anyone else? It's not even that. It's just that I, I like won't even open myself up to anybody else. So I don't even really try. I think I'm really hurt from it still. And then I think that, you know, the few times that I have tried to date people, I just don't feel any physical connection to them. And I don't know how to get past that piece of it. Okay. Well, here's my question for you. Have you been physically connected to yourself? Yes. Yes. You've been masturbating and you feel sexy and you feel good about your body. Yep. I do all all the Emily M's. Got it. Got it. Okay. Just checking. And so how have you met these people? Like how many days? I mean, it was a pandemic. So, but how many right. go out with many people? No, no, just a less than a handful. And okay. It's just, it's I mean, I did too. I didn't like yeah. any of them. I went out with like a handful of people during the pandemic, dates, fix-ups, whatever. Didn't like any of them either. But now the world is more open. People are out there. People spend a lot of time thinking about if they're single, what they want, or at least I've directed them to. And we, we've had a few talked to a few people even today who were like, oh yeah, you know, I I need to kind of, we've all coming out of a really interesting time and everyone was in the same boat, especially if we were single. We were alone, we're craving intimacy. And so I think that just telling people you're single, going, saying yes to events right now, the world is opening up and being able to like ask, tell friends you're single and say yes to parties that you wouldn't normally go to. Because sometimes, at least for me, how I've met people is at parties or events where it's not really a fix-up. I'm just meeting people. And so there's not that much pressure to sit on a date. Maybe that's a lot for you right now because the vo- your head's like, am I attracted? Am I not? But if you just go about your life right now and do things that you love, and maybe put yourself outside your comfort zone, doing things that you think you might love, whether it's like joining like a hiking group or cooking class or just, again, just saying yes to invites that you might not normally mm-hmm. have done, you're going to open your world up again and start to meet people because I still think that's the best way to meet people is through friends and through doing the things that you love doing. And then once you do connect with someone, I think you're going to find that you will be able to move past this guy because you're going to know that you just, someone's going to treat you well. And it's, it's been so many years right now. So I think you said he just creeped back in. I would block him again. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're still very attached to him. And that's the part of it that I want you to to just be strong with yourself. But again, like getting back out there and meeting people, it's going to make it a lot easier. So do you have any plans this week or next week? Can you? Well, not, no, not really. Part of the challenge is that I'm sober and it's really hard to date sober. Yes. Four and a half years in and it, you know, most guys don't want to date a woman who's sober. They just don't. Congratulations on that, by the way. That is a that is a journey. And I know that a lot of friends who've gotten sober and they've all found relationships and found love. But I know that there's a story in your head that's like guys don't want to get died. And this is how my friends who are an alcoholic, they assume it's kind of a limiting belief because thinking that that's a deal breaker for men isn't. I have friends, men and women who are all in happy relationships right now with people who are sober and their partners are, you know, they, they're, they're normies. They can have a drink right. or not. So they, they still exist is what I'm saying. So that's kind of just a limiting belief that guys don't want to date women who are sober. 
I think a lot, especially guys who've dated women who are not sober, who've dated women who don't have their shit together and who aren't emotionally available and all the things. I think it can be really refreshing and you're 51. So maybe if you're 25, sure, maybe if guys are out partying, they might not be as interested in someone who's sober. But where you're at in your life right now, like a lot of men would welcome being with a woman who's done her work and knows who she is and knows what she wants. Yeah, they're older. Yeah. No one's getting, I mean, if you're still with someone who their whole life is surrounded around alcohol and if I can't be with someone who doesn't drink, guess what? Not your person. Right. Right. True. That's what I recommend for you. I think I'm hearing some, just the, some of those limiting, like I'm not going to find someone and I'm, I'm never going to get over my ex and I'll never be attracted to anyone again, but you are, are smart and articulate and you're beautiful. And I just, I think the only thing in your way right now is you, which is always <laughs> the case, right? It's right. always, we're yes. always our own worst enemies. We're always the one holding ourselves back. So what could you do when we hang up? Like, what could you do a little bit differently this week? Do you have anything that you're planning? No, but I, I think you're right. I, join, you know, joining a hiking group or something like that would be good. I'm super active in the yoga community, which is predominantly women, however. But, you know, I do get out and do things. So I just have to keep reminding myself that, uh, you know, I don't need to be my my only best friend. I can now no. meet other people and do things. You can. And I yeah. think now people are more open to like making more friends and we've realized who are our real friends, who aren't. Yeah. And they're, they're just, I think it's a great time to start again. And perhaps we can all do this right now is that everything that we believe about the past, let's just all let go of it. Cause we don't know what the world's going to be like now. We're just starting to see. And I think that we are all altered in ways that we don't even know. Right. So I feel like it's a clean slate right now for all of us. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you for your podcast. It's, uh, you know, I, I challenge myself to listen to it and open my heart, my mind to new opportunities. And that includes with myself and just listening and learning. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you for being vulnerable and for being real and for sharing your story. Cause I think it's going to help a lot of people as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Emma. Of course. Let me know how it goes. Okay. Bye. Bye. We all have limiting beliefs. What are you telling yourself right now? No one's going to date me because I gained too much weight. No one's going to date me because I don't make enough money. There's no one out there for me because blah, blah. I mean, think about it. And then say, oh, is that true? I'll bet it's not true. You're the only one who thinks that that is true and that is the reality. And then when you start to clear out those misconceptions that you have about yourself and your situation, you're going to be opening yourself up to the possibility of meeting somebody who's crazy about you and wants exactly what you do. I feel good about this for all of us right now. After the break, I talked to Brian, who's having a hard time finding a partner who's interested in a long-term relationship. We'll be right back. I love bringing you new ways to play. And if you haven't heard of or tried Dame products before, get ready to have mind blown. I love everything about Dame products, not only because it's founded by a female sex educator who has a vulva and she's an engineering whiz. Dame also develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. And honestly, their toys are unlike any other toys out there. Like take the Eva, for example. It's a waterproof couples vibrator to give you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. So Eva stays in place With flexible wings that tuck under your labia, it's a tiny little toy that packs a punch. So Eva just stays out of the way during penetration so you can focus on the moment. Or their fin. The fin is this really cute, versatile finger vibrator, and it adds stimulation to your touch. So you're wearing it, you touch your partner anywhere, and it just vibes and feels so good. 
If you've been wanting to close the pleasure gap, meaning you have a vulva and you want more orgasms alone or with a partner, check out their vibrators and accessories, all made with medical-grade silicone, super smart design principles. That's what I love about them. Excellent design and just lots of love. They get rave reviews in the New York Times, W Magazine. I keep seeing them everywhere. So if you're a couple and you're looking for play or you just want a new toy for your nightstand, Dame is awesome. They also offer hassle-free returns within 60 days, which is kind of unheard of. So your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. So just go to dameproducts.com slash sexwithemily today for 10% off. That's D-A-M-E products.com slash sexwithemily for 10% off. All right, let's talk about your pelvic floor for a moment. Specifically, Kegel exercises. Now, you might have been told to do them by your doctor. They were like, yeah, do them at a traffic light or, you know, do 10 a night before you go to bed. But nobody remembers to do them and maybe you don't even know why they're important. Well, let me tell you how important it is to pay attention to your pelvic floor. Actually, we did a great podcast with Mary Ellen from Yarlap. It's called Visualize Your Vulva. And Yarlap is a game changer for your pelvic floor. Because sometimes you do the kegels and you're not doing them right. You can't remember to do them. Through using the Yarlap, I actually began to enjoy doing my kegels because I knew that it works. In as little as two weeks, using the Yarlap, you will experience a stronger pelvic floor. So the Yarlap is a little device that sends electrical signals to your muscles, making them contract and relax for you. It does your kegels for you. You just lie back on your bed. There's no drugs, no surgery. It's painless. And you know, when you sneeze and pee, that doesn't happen anymore. And if you want stronger orgasms, your pelvic floor muscles are responsible for orgasm. So those are going to be stronger as well. In fact, Yarlap is the only clinically proven FDA cleared device designed to tone and strengthen your pelvic floor using auto Kegel technology. So this summer, get out there. You can dance and laugh. You can jump on a trampoline. Do what you want, knowing that your pelvic floor is strong enough to handle it all. You know I've used the Yarlap. It really works. If you want to have your Kegels done for you and save $30, go to sexwithemily.com slash Yarlap right now. Use code Emily at checkout. That's sexwithemily.com slash Y-A-R-L-A-P and use code Emily to save $30 today. My next caller is Brian, who's in his 30s and wanted us to disguise his voice. Hi. Well, first, huge fan of your show and you. Uh, I love what you do. I see the benefits in so many ways. So thank you for all that you contribute. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so it was difficult uh, at 23. Uh, so back in, I guess, 2013, I was doing television. And uh, this is a small community. I think we have about 90,000 residents or did uh, prior to the hurricanes. Huh. I decided, you know, I've been kind of hiding myself for so long. Uh, I'm wanting to uh, explore my sexuality. And so I thought that I could, you know, do so privately. Um, so I started with Craigslist meeting people online for, for hookups. And because uh, I, asked, I asked a few people for dates and they just said, you know, you're too well known. You're too known. Mm. You don't, you know, I don't want to bring that into my life. And so literally I know the people, even if I met them, this sounds horrible, but met them in the dark. It was either 
my voice they give it away. Like people know my voice. Wow. Okay. Or they, in, in some way or another, knew it was me. And so I thought I was doing a private hookup, you know, and they would go and tell other people. And then what made it worse was, you know, I'm well endowed. So people would go and tell their friends, oh, I just met, you know, him and you know, he's the guy and he's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so it put me in a really tight situation as far as being able to be myself, even when I'm not working. Um, but over the years, it's kind of gotten to be unbearable in that you, you meet people on apps like Grindr. But when you meet these guys, some of them stay on their apps. Hey, I want to be just friends. I'm looking for just friends. Or I'm looking for just a hookup. So I'm a very cordial type. I try to be outgoing. And so I'll say, hey, uh, how's your day going? And they won't respond. And so I don't put my face on their profile picture anymore because it usually comes with more problems. But then I'll say, uh, you know, I'll send my picture within the message and they won't respond. Mm. But then if I send a nude pic, then they respond. <sighs> um, but then some of them, you end up sending uh, a nude to start to kind of get the conversation going. And they're like, oh, I can't believe you started with nudes. So it's hit or miss, right? Um, so at this point, because there's no consistency here and in the South, a lot of guys are still closeted or, or very private. I've gone through, and I hate those words, but I've been with a lot of guys. But it's very difficult to find consistency here, no matter how great, you know, the experience may have been for, for both of us. And so now it's kind of gotten to the point where so many people are just flaky or uh, I've had guys say, you know, okay, well, what's your address? You know, we talked for a while and they're like, I'm on my way. And so they never show up, you know, like being boasted. And it's dangerous yeah. because, you know, I just gave them my yeah, address. Yeah, you gave me address. Yeah, I would. Yeah. But I was hoping that maybe these are some things that, you know, people to talk about. Yeah. Encouraging the the queer community to, you know, approach it a little differently. Like to me, if you're just on just to, to get off, if you will, then why are we putting so much emphasis on little details? Mm. I've had the greatest experience, the greatest conversations. I'm, I'm good at making people feel comfortable. And yet it still doesn't translate into consistency or even a future experience. Um, and I've had people who will message me three months later, six months later, and that seems to be their routine. But it's gotten to the point where we're fitting the, the stereotype. You know, it's like everyone wants multiple partners and multiple experiences. And then once they don't get fulfilled, it seems like they come back to me. But yet I still endure the whole, um, you know, if I text them or reach out, they won't respond. If they reach out to me and I'm not available, then they get offended and they block me. And I, it's just been really, really a struggle. So I just kind of wanted your input, but hopefully this could start a bigger conversation on your end. Um, and I live in a smaller community. Okay. Yeah. That's big too. That's big that you're in a small community. I mean, you just yeah. can't make stuff happen that aren't available right now. Like it's just, it's true. Like, are you looking just for men? Cause I know in your, in your, in your message, you said you were bisexual. Yeah. So I personally don't believe in doing, uh, being with both sexes at the same time. So okay. for me, I know that if I meet a woman and I've had this happen three times with, with close friends, they're ready for me to commit. They're ready for the family. They see what I bring to the table. So I didn't want to do both. So right now I'm, I was trying to, you know, see what guys would be like. I finally dated my first like official guy in a, an official relationship okay. in, in November. And we lasted four months. And for the most part, it was good, but he had been in a toxic relationship for seven years and abusive. So it was a difficult, you know, transition for him. Mm. And then I tried another guy out for about a month and a half, and we did well. Um, but then his new work schedule, uh, literally, you know, with him taking care of his mom, who, who has some health issues, I, I didn't get to see him for weeks. So yeah. I decided, you know, it's best for us to depart. 
Well, let me first say that I'm, it sounds really like it's been hard. So I'm so, not only because we've been in a pandemic, but it sounds like in your particular situation, you just haven't had, you haven't met a lot of great people. So I'm sorry. That sounds really frustrating. And like, what's wrong with humanity right now, right? We just went through a pandemic and can't people be a little kinder and can't they be a little bit more open and realize that we all really are craving connection and intimacy. So there's something that I think is emerging from this pandemic that a lot of people are sort of implementing a intentional dating mindset that they're going to date with intention, knowing that what exactly they're looking for. Like, are you looking for a few hookups right now in rotation? Would you like a long-term relationship? I want it long-term. Um, and if I can, if I can say this, uh, I met a guy once. It was intended to be a hookup. I really liked him. Uh, I think I may have scared him off because he was struggling with some things. And uh, we recently started talking again. And he said, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't, you know, approach it up front and tell them what you want. Maybe you should, you know, just let things kind of go naturally. And I said, but that's the problem. I said, when I do, I either find that they end up talking to someone else and end up in a relationship. So they end up ghosting or they end up friends on anything. I just want to be friends. So mm. I do state my intentions up front. And I even invite, you know, after we're done, I'm like, hey, man, you know, I really enjoyed it. They're like, oh, that was the best I've ever had, you know, that comment. Right. I said, please hit me up again, you know, if you'd like to hang out or whatever. And it's almost like this embarrassment, you know, and, and I said, you know, we live in a small community, so maybe that plays a big role. But a lot of these guys are out. So I, I'm just confused by that. It's almost like we're still embarrassed to be, you know, interested in each other. Yeah. I mean, you are in a totally different community. Yeah. If you were in Los Angeles right now, <laughs> we would have no problem fixing you up here, right? I mean, that is the truth. You are fantastic. You know, you're you're very articulate and you, I can tell that you have a really good heart and you're handsome and all the things. But being in the South, and we're not going to kid that every, every state in America is different. Every town is different. And where you're at, right. it probably is a lot more challenging to be openly gay or bi. And I know the struggle. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that struggle is real. I have listeners all over the world, all over the country. And so I think what might be useful then is, is really finding, like, what about a community there? Is there a community of people who are gay, bisexual, like friends, because I feel like if the apps aren't working for you now, it's always helpful to, you know, how I've mostly found most of my dates is, or people I, I like or friends fix me up. I let them know. I said, do you know anybody? And even if they don't know right away, maybe next week or next month, like, oh, I've got this great guy for you because I don't, I'm like you, like, I'm also a little recognizable now if I'm on an app right? Locally. Oh, sex with Emily. Let's see what that's about. I'll bet she's good. And bet you know what I'm saying? So finding a community of like-minded friends might help you going to parties, going to barbecues. It's the summer. And so the apps, maybe where you're at on Grindr, it's just, it, that is the vibe. And I don't think you should stop stating your intention. I think if you scare people off, they're doing you a favor because it's showing that they can't handle it and they're not mm. interested. And so if you wanted us to get laid, I would lead with the nude pics, but otherwise I wouldn't. I would lead with a FaceTime date. I mean, that's all the trends right now. That's what everyone's doing. They are vetting people on mm. first before you go out and meet them. And I know you're going to get what you want. And I'm really glad you're bringing up this conversation because I think a lot of people struggle with it the flaky apps. But so the one thing is that it's a numbers game, right? Like you got to just keep swiping, keep going. You'll find someone. 
you know, they say the dating apps are blowing up right mm-hmm. now because everyone's so ready to meet someone. But then I would also really put an effort in to cultivating your community. Because if you're not planning on moving, that might be a great resource for you to tap into. And I appreciate that. Just expecting that people are good and you will find your person. Like expecting and being really clear with your intentions. Like I know that you have a story that you're you're saying, well, I've tried it and this happens and that happens. Maybe it happened a few times, but it doesn't mean that you can't keep trying because it's also a practice being really, really clear about our Mm -hmm. intentions and what we want and stating it. So... I'm looking for a long-term relationship. These are my values. These are my morals. This is what, you know, I'm about. And not spending any time on the people who ghost or the people who are, I love when people show you who they are right away. You know, you believe them and you move on. It's not about you. Okay. Okay. Is that helpful? Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening and for calling in. I know this is going to help so many people. Best of luck to you. Okay. Take care of yourself. You got this. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I'm so glad he called in, you know, and he mentioned our demographic. And I just want you all to know that we have people of all genders and all sexual orientations calling in and we welcome everybody. But I think it's a really interesting notion to think about how we are dating right now at this interesting time when we're all, the apps are blowing up or maybe where we were alone for a year in isolation and we're really ready to meet a partner. And so I think that we have to remember that we get to decide what kind of relationships we want and what kind of people we're looking for and what kind of behavior we will and will not tolerate. And what he brought up for me, and I want to hammer this home to you, is that Check in on your beliefs around dating around, you know, whenever I hear people say, oh, all the men in my town are terrible or all the women don't want to commit or I keep getting ghosted. Maybe you got ghosted a few times and maybe you've had some bad experiences, but please check those thoughts and do not let them define you or your future sexual experiences. Because once you start having these beliefs and then you create stories around them, it's going to be a lot harder to get out there and date. So when you get clear in your intentions and you write out, I want a relationship. I want the person to make me feel a certain way when we're together. These are the kind of things I'd like to do on the weekends. This is, you know, my goals or what I, what's important to me, morals, values, all those things. And you write it all down. It's going to be a lot easier to move through people and just to realize who might be your person and who isn't. So get intentional and check your limiting beliefs because there is somebody for everybody and you will find that person. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. Be sure to like, subscribe, and give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share this with a friend or a partner. Believe me, if you got something out of this episode, they will too. We release two to three episodes a week. Find me at Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. It's all at Sex with Emily. If you'd like to ask me a question about sex or dating relationships, email me feedback at sexwithemily.com or sexwithemily.com slash askemily. And check out my website. We have so many great articles diving deep into topics like how do I have multiple orgasms? How do I last longer in bed? How do I stop thinking about my ex? What sex toys should I try? And so much more. Sign up for weekly emails. I've been told I give really good emails. I do. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com.